So we'll celebrate here in just a few minutes one of the rites of Christian initiation of adults, the call to continuing conversion. But I'd like to suggest that what we call the rite of Christian initiation could almost be called the rite of Christian transfiguration, just like we heard about in the gospel today. Now, that's not exactly the right theology, but I only see one seminarian here, so I shouldn't get in too much trouble. But at the end of the day, the sacraments, yes, they're rich in theology, but if you're like me, you can kind of sit back and just say, yeah, okay, that's what we do, but so what? If you went to communion or you didn't go to communion today, could you point to, this is the thing that's really different in my life? And I'm sure many of you could, but I'll be honest for myself. I know the theology, but am I always aware? Because at the transfiguration, there was no faking it. When Peter, James, and John went up with Jesus, the Jesus they recognized, the Jesus who looked like the guy they were with every day, something happened that they couldn't deny. And Jesus wasn't turned into somebody different. But it's as if the scales fell from their eyes and they saw him with the truth that they hadn't seen before. And that, I think, is the challenge of the sacraments for us. And the difference between what we do here today as Catholics and what our brothers and sisters and other Christian denominations do, it is that sacramental reality. And I'm not suggesting that somehow we have a monopoly on God's presence but it's a way of being with God. And so Cameron's already been baptized. That's a given. But in this celebration of Eucharist and confirmation, what we say is that there's something additional there. And yes, there's a theological change, but what that looks like in our everyday lives is the challenge to say, do I see things differently? And that's where grace comes in. And you see it in the transfiguration so clearly. It's this beautiful combination of what is just everyday, ordinary, flesh and blood, natural world around us, and then something erupts into the middle of it. This isn't just our best human effort, as wonderful as that could be. Grace matters. Grace, how are you going to define that? Well, books have been written about it. I simply like to think of it as it's that thing God brings into the world that we don't bring ourselves. You might replace God's grace with God's love. When God chooses to interact with us, what that looks like is the offer of grace. And I think any loving parent can relate to that. When you give your son or daughter your love, that's real, it's tangible. It has an effect, it's not just a consolation prize. If the child tries to get something and they don't get it and they're disappointed and they're sad and the parent can somehow convey their love, that doesn't necessarily reverse the past, but it does matter. It can bring peace to troubled hearts. It can inflame a sense of hope in the face of what might otherwise be despair. And so how do we receive that vision, that transfigured vision? Because most of the time, we don't see a bright light from heaven and a voice from the sky. But here's where context matters. If you went back and looked up that gospel passage, and I hope you'll do it sometime today, and just let your eyeball go up a few lines from where today's reading starts, 
What you'll see there is this challenging exchange between Jesus and the disciples. It's when he tells them what it means for him to be the Messiah, that he will suffer, that he will die, and that they have to take up their cross just like he is every day if they want to be with him. That's a tough message. We hear it all the time, right? Christians, it's been part of our tradition. But every one of us, in a unique way, has that looking like something in our lives. In a crowd this size, some of us are dealing with some pretty troubling things. And for others, maybe just subtle things. But this side of paradise, there's always going to be something that isn't quite the way we desire it to be. There's going to be some fear or some dis-ease. And that's not easy for those disciples to hear. And so it's right on the wake of that that this transfigured vision comes, that the grace steps in. But the point is, they're hungry for it at that time. They're receptive. They're receptive because they've been thinking about, my gosh, if this is what it means for Jesus to be the one we hoped he would be, then what does that mean? What does that look like? And it's then and only then that Jesus decides with the Father to show himself in that special way. And then goes back to normal. They go down the mountain. We have a long way to go in the gospel before the resurrection yet. But they can't deny that they had that gift, that little glimpse into what could be. And so as Cameron comes up here, yes, we pray for him, but what we're really doing is we're inviting his heart and mind to receive some of that grace in a special way. And why might he be more receptive to it? Because it's so intentional. Because we're inviting him and his sponsors to come forward. And we're all saying, hey, we're here because we believe in what this is about. Now, when you all go back home to your private homes after this Mass, there's probably not going to be a crowd of a couple hundred people waiting for you to pray over you. But if we believe what we say, that same grace is here for every one of us. The question is, how are we receptive to it? And so I'm just inviting myself and all of us to a little spiritual exercise in this second week of Lent. Don't run away from what might be frightening or difficult in your life right now. Don't suppress it. Don't say, gosh, it's so beautiful today. I'll just worry about that thing tomorrow. Because it's not about worrying over it but it is about naming it. Before he gave the disciples that glorious vision of the transfiguration, he invited them to think with great honesty of looking at their own vulnerability and their own limitations. And left to our human efforts, that'd be enough to shut anybody down. And it's then and only then that the hope and the calm and the new vision can be received. And he knows this is the time to give it as gift. That's something we'll celebrate for our catechumen, but it's also something we're called to celebrate for ourselves. The right of Christian transfiguration. That's a right for every one of us.